0: Taking the gloves off. He's talking in depth about pro wrestling, sports, pop culture, trending topics on social media, politics, and his crazy life. He's uncensored. He's unapologetic. He's media personality Brad Shepard, and he's unleashed. I'm ready to play now. Put me in. to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out.
1: My time, my time.
0: None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down, hand over my crown, hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. Welcome to Brad Shepherd Unleashed. Wherever in the world you may be listening. All right, I've got a great show for you this week. We're talking about the fake news wrestling media, as always. I've got a special little segment for you. We're going to dive into the Uvalde school shooting. Some new video has surfaced, and it's highly disturbing. We're going to talk about Liv Morgan, Raw, SmackDown, the Jets quarterback. (laughs) what He's got going on with uh, Stifler's mom. Uh, Tony Khan. Vince McMahon busted open an entire very interesting situation there. And of course, as always, the mailbag with a lot of fun questions. So with that being said, it's time to take the gloves off. As always, we're going to start out with the fake news wrestling media. They're total predictable clowns, and that's why each and every week, I can hold them accountable with little to no effort. They make my job easy. I wish I didn't have to do this segment. I, you know, it, I don't even like doing this segment. I wish I didn't have to do this. But somebody, somebody in the wrestling community has to hold these assholes accountable. And it's gonna be Brad Shepard. So with that being said, let's talk about Dave Meltzer, the biggest purveyor of fake news in the wrestling community today. An impressive accomplishment. Well, Dave was once again spreading fake news this week as he talked about Io Shirai, uh, NXT superstar, who apparently, according to Dave, uh, already has one foot out the door. She wants to return home, he says. Well, she responded to that report on Twitter with the word rumors and a throwing up emoji. Now, one would have to ask if Dave was a real journalist, which we know he's not. Why would he not reach out to Io Shirai personally to get her comment on the matter And at least give her that opportunity, even if she ignored it. Because that's actually what a journalist would do. Which he's not. Sean Ross Sapp. He's back at it again, luring people into his paywall with fake news. I know that's a big surprise for everyone who listens to this show. Well, Sean reported... Last week, that Fightful Select has been told. They've been told. Colt Cabana was originally not expected to be re-signed to AEW with his contentious relationship with CM Punk originally rumored among talent as the reason. Then things changed. <laughs> Plans change, pal. Well, Dex Harwood of FTR... He responded to this report and said, 100% complete fabrication. Mm. Sean Ross Sapp, once again, putting fake news behind his paywall. Go ahead, give him your $5. If you like getting $5 fake news, I'll just throw stories at a dartboard and make something up and you give me the $5. I'm a lot more likable than he is. <laughs> At this point, if you're still giving Sean Ross Sap your money, you've got to be a fucking idiot. Straight up. And then finally, the fat midget asshole himself, Mike Johnson of PW Spyware. Well, Mike took to his website to report that a source in WWE told him that Liv Morgan merchandise was selling in high numbers over the weekend at WWE live events. Uh, There's only one small problem with that. (laughs) A reliable source confirmed to me, that Liv Morgan's merchandise wasn't even sold at those live events over the weekend. Which Mike Johnson would know if he were actually a journalist with sources and checking facts instead of a second-rate gossip columnist printing unverified, inaccurate speculation. All right, it's time for a new segment, a new weekly segment, as many of you know. I have the Brad's Butt Beauty of the Month. It's a monthly segment now, but I need a weekly segment. I need something a little different. We're going to shake things up. We're going to have the Fat Ass of the Week. He's fat! And I just want to let you know, my first ever Fat Ass of the Week is Fat Piece of Shit. Kevin Owens. (laughs) He's a real prize fighter against food and catering. That's right. You can't leave him alone. He looks like he ate his children. He's so fat. His waist has its own zip code. This guy is a disaster, has never worked on his physique, even as he's had access to top-level gym equipment. He is lazy and fat fat and everything wrong with modern professional wrestling. Kevin Owens is a disgrace. Kevin Owens never should have made it as far as he did. Never should be a world champion. You tell me what's wrong with this picture. Bruno San Martino. Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock the undertaker rick flair kane you could go down the list and kevin owens kevin owens that's how low the bar is for a world champion in modern wrestling hell it's not just world champion he main evented a night of wrestlemania that guy that fat slob it's it's pathetic it's a disgrace it's an indictment on the industry and then you wonder why fewer and fewer people are watching and that's one of the reasons why because a guy like Kevin Owens he's never gonna be a star he's never gonna appeal to a casual audience he looks like he belongs in the audience (laughs) and that's why Kevin Owens is my fat ass of the week Well, as I alluded to in the introduction, additional video footage has come out of the Uvalde school shooting. And it's angered a lot of people. And it's easy to understand why. Images have come out showing a police officer hiding from the school shooter inside the school getting a squirt of hand sanitizer while the 19 children and two teachers were murdered at Robb Elementary School. That's right. You see, he wants to make sure his hands are clean while he listens to children scream and get murdered nearby. This pathetic sack of shit, this fucking coward with the badge, Belongs in prison. He should never be a cop again. He should be fucking humiliated. Everywhere he goes in his community. He is a disgrace. A fucking pussy. And then you've got another cop. In image shows. And he's got his phone out. His cell phone. He's on his cell phone inside the school. While they're in retreat from this murderer, killing kids. And what's the background image on his cell phone? It's the Punisher, the badass superhero. Well, buddy, you're not a superhero. You're a villain and a coward. And so you can cosplay and dress up like the Punisher and put them on your cell phone screen and even watch the Punisher TV show. But you will never be the punisher. But you certainly punished those kids as they were killed right by you and you did nothing, you fucking coward. The cops were shown clearly on video retreating as shots were fired and kids were screaming for their lives. That's right, it's as clear as day. Don't ask me why this information... Hasn't already been revealed, but it was leaked. And while maybe that wasn't the most ideal way because the families didn't see it before the general public, someone had to blow the whistle here because this is a major problem. They are shown backing up, retreating, and hiding as shots were fired. They were more worried about protecting their own ass than those children. Absolutely pathetic. Pathetic. Every last one of them. Pathetic. And as I see more and more information and videos and images coming out, I'm reminded. I'm reminded of the crowd that's anti gun, anti Second Amendment. Oh, yeah, call the police. Let's dial 911. They'll handle it for me. I don't have to be able to protect myself. Oh, really? Now, the Supreme Court has ruled that police have no specific duty or obligation to protect you. That's literally true. You can Google it. But if that's not enough, if that's not enough, take a look at the many examples we have seen, including Uvalde, where police were needed and refused to act. It's that simple. These kids. Those two teachers, everyone in that building, who was innocent, was left to fend for themselves. And that is exactly why the good guys need guns. When you need police, when seconds matter, they're minutes away. And even when they're there, apparently sometimes they're too scared to help you. So you damn sure better help yourself. And I know that's hard for people to understand. There's a system in place. That's what they've been taught. They don't want to have to do that. They don't believe it's right. They, they can't imagine that police would do something like this. They don't want to be 911. They want to call it. But that's not the reality. It's a hard truth for people to accept. You cannot rely on the police to protect you. Sometimes they will and sometimes they won't, but you don't want to have the situation where they don't, and there's nothing you can do to protect yourself. We have to be able to protect ourselves. And frankly, we have to hold these cops accountable. There can be no excuses. These cops must be punished to the fullest extent of the law for what they have done. As far as I'm concerned, they are accessories. To murder. On a lighter note, uh Liv Morgan. Let's talk about her. And I specifically want to talk about her and money in the bank. I've long been a proponent of just ending the money in the bank concept. I think it's run its course. Uh and I and I'd like to say I think Liv Morgan is proof that. The Money in the Bank concept has run its course. That's right. First of all, the Money in the Bank concept, as we know it, it is indeed a heel gimmick. It's a heel gimmick. Look at Liv Morgan, a supposed beloved babyface, takes advantage of a weak, injured Ronda Rousey after a championship title defense and cashes in. That's a heel move. That's right. It's a heel gimmick. But it's run its course. It's run its course. And people weren't popping for Liv because she's great and beloved. People were popping because it was the money in the bank. And that's what they've been trained to do, like little barking seals. But as we've discovered, Liv Morgan, vanilla ice cream herself, is atrocious. She's awful. She is the shits. It's embarrassing that she's a champion. like. She couldn't beat up the average middle school girl. And she's your world champion. And that's supposed to be believable. Yeah. So you give her the money in the bank. And she wasn't deserving. But so many people have won the money in the bank. They're trying to give it to other people now. You know, there aren't many women's wrestlers to begin with. So pretty much everyone's going to get a turn at some point. I just, you know. The money in the bank concept has run its course. And and I'm just so over it. Ronda was having a strong reign and it's all lost because of Liv Vanilla Ice Cream Morgan because she loves the business so much. You know, it's just so fucking stupid when I hear that. I don't care that she loves the business so much. That's not why you make anyone a champion. It's a fake title. It's entertainment. It's a TV show. If you're not the best at entertaining people, you don't deserve to be champion. Liv Morgan doesn't entertain people. She can't cut a promo to save her life. She's jumping up and down, marking out in the ring and and crying and, you know, thanking the fans. And it's all the fans and fans and fans and fans. It's she's She's got no second gear. She's a one-trick pony. And it's not good. And I told you from the beginning when Liv Morgan won that we were going to get a whole lot more Liv Morgan. And we have. And it has not been good. And they know it, too. That's why you've got Michael Cole in the ring with her. That's right. He's in the ring interviewing her because she can't cut a promo herself. They know it. She was exposed. They tried it. But even then, it's not good. She's, She's just not good. She's She is mid-card women's wrestler at best. And they gave her the title and had her beat Ronda Rousey. This is insanity. But in a lot of ways, it makes perfect sense with modern wrestling. You've got the legitimate badass female wrestler, Ronda Rousey, getting pinned by Little Liv Morgan. It just... Oh man, what a disaster. And the best thing they can do is have the rematch at SummerSlam, Ronda squashes her, and they move on and pretend like this never fucking existed. Jesus. All right. Let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. What's been going on? Paul Heyman. He's done a nice job of rehabilitating Brock Lesnar on Raw and SmackDown. And that's ultimately what they're trying to do, is they build to their big rematch at SummerSlam. Roman defeated Brock in about twelve minutes at WrestleMania. Now they're having the rematch, and everybody pretty much believes that Roman Reigns is going to win. And it, you've got to build, in the context of the story, the belief that Brock Lesnar could win. It's possible. So Paul Heyman has cut promos with Roman Reigns, with Brock Lesnar, really putting over how dangerous Brock Lesnar is, what a beast he is, but also specifically with this stipulation, last man standing, how dangerous that makes him much more so than even a regular match. So that was really nicely done. Uh, You know, I, for one, don't believe Brock Lesnar is going to win, but You know, they have to be able to build it. It's still the biggest match in wrestling. You want to see it be believable. Now, I am a little concerned about the credibility of Brock Lesnar, the character, because at this point, if he takes another loss to Roman, I I really do think that kind of knocks him down a half a peg or so. And, And Brock Lesnar is a guy that they need to protect until the day he retires. So I really do hope. If this is the last match, if this is a championship match that Roman is going to win, they don't do this again. You can't have Roman continue to beat Brock Lesnar. The Viking Raiders, by the way, they're new and they're vicious, um, if you haven't heard. But they're still not interesting. (laughs) And that's the problem. I don't even think they look like uh, Vikings. Uh, I mean I mean sure they've got on the the costumes but uh you know that one guy looks fat and slow uh the other guy's just not intimidating I you know I mean the push is happening and they're certainly pushing them strongly but it's gonna be short-lived they've never done too much with the Viking Raiders but they're just not interesting what have they said that's interesting what what match have they had you're like oh man this is this is really a badass team what character story have they told where you're interested i i don't get it the viking raiders are boring i think they shouldn't be wasting their time even pushing these guys to this degree it's a waste of time one thing they are doing is pushing shanky and in the process they're really burying jinder mahal and it is a complete crime What they're doing. I don't get this at all. Ginger Mahal is a former world champion on SmackDown. The guy looks the part. He was just in a major TV show, Big Sky. He had a recurring role in that. I mean, he was on that for a while, a show that I watch. I mean, they had a chance to capitalize on it. Instead, they got him in this goofy ass comedy with Shanky. That's nothing against Shanky. What he's doing is entertaining and it's baby face and it's getting over a bit and it's fine. I like it, but you're sacrificing gender in the process. The, the guy is a wasted talent right now. He should be a top contender for the world title on your TV show. Just doesn't make any sense. And speaking of people that should be uh, top title contenders, how about Los Lotharios? The way they're being booked is tragic. It's ridiculous. Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo... Two real talented wrestlers. They formed a team. The team is good. They finally have uh, the ring gear looks good. They're working together really nice. Uh, the selling, especially from Herberto, has been terrific. Probably too good in a way to where it hurts you, but this is a team that really should be competing with the Usos for the Tag Team Championships. And they had a match on SmackDown. It wasn't given the proper time. It was a throwaway match. They got killed. And it's just a shame to watch that because they're a legitimate tag team. They have some level of gimmick and character. They're Lotharios. They're lethal lovers. Do something with them. There's character work there to be done. And they're really good in the ring too. And they know how to make people look good. I mean, this is... It's a no-brainer to give a stronger push to Los Lotharios. It's a no-brainer. You need tag teams right now. Have you looked around? Yeah, the Usos are great. And yeah, I'm going to talk about what they're doing with the Street Profits. But that's two teams. Come on. It just doesn't add up. One thing they are doing with someone who I have uh, talked about repeatedly, Happy Corbin. They're giving him a uh, a big match at SummerSlam, which I'm happy to see. I'm obviously, a day one Baron Corbin fan. I've put him over. He's my favorite wrestler. And uh, he's got a big match with Pat McAfee at SummerSlam. I talked about their feud. I told you this would be pure entertainment. And it has been good. It's been good. Corbin has been able to show his more entertaining side. He's got a chemistry with mcafee they played on the indianapolis colts together pat mcafee has been excellent in everything in wwe he's done whether it's in the ring or whether it's on commentary he's the best commentator they have and these two are going to make magic together and they're already doing something really fun and entertaining and it's going to lead into their match and i think their match is going to be real fun as well really looking forward to that and that's one to keep your eye on true mcintyre though here's one to not keep your eye on because it's so forced it's so boring and fans agree viewership for smackdown dropped with roman kicking off the show and mcintyre closing it why would you have roman kick off the show and then mcintyre close it i don't get it keep roman on the show mcintyre is not the draw no matter how hard they try this guy He just screams like forced 80s baby face, but not even in a good way. It's just not working for me. The sword gimmick is awful. They got to get rid of it. It is stupid. It is awful. It is illogical. He's not going to use it. And by the way, it's fucking dangerous. I just don't get the point of the sword. I wish they'd get rid of it. It's stupid and drew mcintyre can this guy show a little fucking personality would it kill this guy to loosen up a bit and show some personality and charisma really jesus christ he's his personality is dry as weak old paint come on after all these years you haven't figured it out Turn it up to 10, you son of a bitch. I'll tell you what is good. The Maximum Male Models story. Frankly, it's one of the most entertaining parts of either Raw or SmackDown. That's right. That's true. It's really good. Max Dupree is doing a terrific job. Just like I thought he was. This guy was made for the main roster. He never should have been in NXT. And now he's doing a tremendous job with the maximum male models. It's a really fun story. Mansoir! Massey! These two are more entertaining and relevant than they've been in their entire WWE careers. Except for when Mansoir was in Saudi Arabia! maybe not that but everything else definitely a lot more relevant than he's ever been it's really fun they've got the website maximummailmodels.com you can add your submissions just don't send in any dick pics please but it's been very fun very entertaining and this is this is the kind of thing that makes pro wrestling fun believe it or not it's not all five-star matches this kind of stuff is really good and really important to a TV show about wrestling. Well, one thing that's not really good and it personally is baffling to me is WWE's obsession with telling us Miz has tiny balls. Why are they doing this? I just don't understand this. I mean, it's, it's a gag that's gone on for weeks. Does Mike Mazzanin have tiny balls? I mean, why do you want us to believe Mike Mazzanin has tiny balls? What's the payoff to Miz having tiny balls? Please do tell me. Because I see him losing matches. I see him getting clowned for having tiny balls. And you're now, in a matter of weeks, going to put him in a big match against Logan Paul at SummerSlam, where he will no doubt do the job. This just doesn't make any sense. Why would you not want this guy to be serious? Why are you making this guy look like an absolute clown and bitch? He's getting ready to have an important match. that will get a lot of coverage with Logan Paul. You want to make him look a little more serious. He's talking about he could humble Logan Paul. Who could possibly believe that based on the way he's been presented? Nobody. The booking just makes no sense. At all. I mean, if you're going to have someone say that, at least have Miz go into a rage and attack. Do something. It's just totally baffling to me. All right. Uh, Judgment Day is a non-factor. I'm sure you've noticed this. Without Edge, they are boring. They are disaster. Nobody cares about Damian Priest. Nobody cares about Finn Balor. Rhea Ripley is out with a medical condition. Is it the jab? Who knows? That's something to look into. But wearing a heart monitor at her age, highly unusual. We wish her the best. But we hope she hasn't suffered any sort of medical condition from the jab. That's a real thing. But Judgment Day, with or without Rhea Ripley, it's bad. It's real bad. It just makes no sense at all. Stupid move by WWE to move away from Edge because of the Cody situation. Shouldn't have done it, and now we're seeing why. This group is so irrelevant now. They didn't even make the Hulu cut of Raw. Could you imagine with Edge leading the helm of this faction, them not making the Hulu cut of Raw? They were one of the best parts of the show every week, and now they're an Afterthought. Well, Dolph Ziggler super kicked Theory to close out Monday's edition of WWE Raw. And all I'm left wondering is, why? Dolph Ziggler in the main event segment of Raw in 2022? I don't need to see that. Now, can Dolph Ziggler make Theory look good and put him over? Absolutely. And they can definitely do that rivalry and have a match and make Theory look good. But the main event of Raw and Dolph Ziggler, don't need to see that at all. It's random. They haven't built any sort of story. He just shows up. We're totally returns, even though he was already back a few weeks ago. If you're gonna have Dolph do this, at least come up with a story why he's there, why he's back. I I don't get it. I'm scratching my head. Yeah, you know, I really am. Uh, one thing I'm not scratching my head about though is the usos and street profits. This rivalry right now leading up to the rematch at SummerSlam is the most interested I've been in a premium live event tag team match in a long time. It was executed beautifully at Money in the Bank. Now we're gonna get to see the rematch. Now we're seeing dissension in the ranks from the street profits. They got screwed. Tez, his shoulder was up. So they've done a nice job with this. I'm interested in the match. What's going on each and every week. So credit to WWE. This has been good. What else has been good? Austin Theory or Theory. I really do wish you'd get the Austin back. But one thing you can take away from all of his appearances, whether you, you know think they're booking him the most ideal or not, and, and some of the things they're doing, I'm not a big fan of. But a lot of the stuff they're doing, they're doing well. And it's benefiting him. But the takeaway is, whatever you think, he looks like he belongs. You watch him interact with top stars in Raw and SmackDown. He comes out, you know, Roman and Brock on the different shows. and, And he looks like he belongs. And that's important. That visual, that's important. And so Theory is on his way. He's really on his way. You're not ever going to know until you actually try it and see if it works. But he looks like he belongs with the top guys, and they need to take his push to the next level. All right, breaking away from wrestling a bit here, I want to talk about the New York Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson. Man, he uh, he had a really rough season, a rookie year last year. Uh, he had nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. But now he's got some uh, drama off the field. Uh, his ex-girlfriend, who he broke up with earlier this year. She just came out this week and claimed they broke up because he cheated on her, not with anybody, but with his mom's best friend. Ooh, absolutely <laughs> brutal. Ah, gosh. So, the 22 year old, of course, was the second pick in the NFL draft last year. Like I mentioned, he struggled. He was high school sweethearts with Abby Gile, his ex girlfriend. Mm, well, now she is reportedly dating Washington Commanders wide receiver Dax Milne, who, by the way, was Wilson's best friend, teammate, and roommate at Brigham Young <laughs> University. The two no longer follow each other on social media dun, dun, dun. and sometimes hey the drama is even better off the field it's it's incredible so she scrubbed her instagram but she had been called a homie hopper by someone that's when she broke the news of what he was doing and called him the real homie hopper for sleeping with his mom's best friend it's <laughs> Just totally crazy. And instead, of course, of the backlash on social media, he received the opposite reaction. A lot of virtual handshakes and uh fist bumps. I, I mean, I'm sure he probably figured it could be a disaster as well, but in fact, it wasn't. Yeah, they there's all kinds of memes. Uh the Jets signing Stifler's mom. <laughs> Ah, so zach wilson banging his mom's friend marks the first time the jets have scored over 40 since 2018 (laughs) chad johnson ocho cinco he calls zach wilson the goat and now wilson appears to have inconspicuously addressed it himself asking if what was going on yeah as if he doesn't know Mm. So the drama continues. <laughs> he has not specifically commented on the allegations. I'll tell you, this is the most interested I've been in the Jets in a long time. And I say that as a New England Patriots fan. I'm actually covering this story myself for boundingindesports.com. So stay tuned to that website for all of the Zach Wilson drama updates. <laughs> Tony Khan, we have to start asking some questions about the Wall Street Journal and these hit pieces on Vince McMahon. Straight up, period, end of story. Vince will get his day to explain himself, to not explain himself, and ultimately, it will play out, and he'll have to answer for things he did or did not do. But Tony Khan, we have to start wondering if he's behind the hit pieces on Vince McMahon. That's right, I said it. Joe Palazzolo and Ted Mann talked to Busted Open Radio on Monday about the story. These are uh, folks from the Wall Street Journal investigating the situation. And what do we know about Busted Open Radio? Well, they are essentially an unofficial media arm of AEW. They have Tony Khan on every week. If you make Tony Khan mad, he boots you off the show. You're no longer allowed to interview his talent or talk to him on his segment. Just ask Bully Ray. So this is a co-opted media situation. Now you've got the Wall Street Journal folks investigating and reporting on Vince, going on Busted Open Radio. This is a very fascinating situation, and you can talk about what you feel about the situation, but what needs to be talked about that isn't is what's the connection, if anything, to Tony Khan and AEW and the Wall Street Journal, folks. That's a question we have to ask now. And finally, it's time for the mailbag. Always love our mailbag segment uh, from our loyal listeners. Now that Pat McAfee is locked in long-term with WWE, can we expect an increased presence from him as far as merchandise, action figures, video game, more matches at big shows, um, uh, since top of roster bit thin, why not McAfee versus Reigns at Rumble? Interesting idea. So I do think so. I mean, it's a fine line. He's a full-time commentator. He's going to do big matches still at big shows, as we've talked about. I think you'd be a fool not to put out Pat McAfee merchandise if you're WWE, to not put out a Pat McAfee action figure if you're WWE, to not add him to the video games if you're WWE. So I think absolutely we can expect that at some point. The roster being thin, would you do McAfee and Reigns at Rumble eh, I don't know that I would do that. I think um, there are better options. You know, there is Happy Corbin, but they've got to rehabilitate him. But it's certainly a match you could do at a bigger show that's, you know, um, I, I I mean, I guess you could do it at the Royal Rumble but I don't know. I I just, I don't know. I I would not have McAfee and Reigns or the real, real top level talent um, at these big shows. I would try to save him from more upper mid card guys. Let's say Rock and Cena can't work WrestleMania and that Cody is not healthy enough for what, uh, for WrestleMania. What does the top of that card look like then? Uh, It's a good question. Uh, I think this kind of alludes to my previous point. I, like I talk about a Corbin and he needs to be rehabilitated and they have some work to do in that regard from getting that upper echelon ready for the next step. I mean, obviously Cena and Iraq, they're ready. Cody, ready. Roman and Brock ready. But what about that next level? What are you going to do with them except feed them to guys like Roman and Brock? You know, they take a hit. So you've got to rehabilitate. You've got to create stars so that when these sort of things happen, you can be better prepared. And it starts by making good booking decisions today. Is it possible AEW is operating at a profit? They don't tour. They have a big TV contract. They pay above market for their wrestlers and keep acquiring bodies with no increase in demand. They appear to be doing well, but is it only con family money propping up the business? Yes. Are they operating at a profit? No. Pretty simple. Hey, Brad, does CM Punk still behave like a tough guy backstage? I remember reading years ago that during his WWE run, CM Punk would walk around and try to get himself over as a badass in the locker room. Does he still do that in AEW? Well, I don't think he's walking around like a badass. I mean, that gimmick has been totally exposed in the UFC. I mean, (laughs) if not the other fights in in wrestling, he's lost backstage. But no, I think he's just a prick. Uh, And, you know, he he's just a rude asshole and standoffish. And so it's it's not that he's being a tough guy, per se. It's just, you know, he's Just not very approachable sometimes. He's a rude dickhead sometimes. And I just, you know, so I think that's how he kind of carries himself. And he's an entitled little bitch. Brad, I saw that Tony Khan was boasting that Forbidden Door generated $6 million in total, despite that money not even covering Chris Jericho's annual salary. Do you think that stuff like this, the fact that Khan boasted about a $6 million income, is a sign that for three years AEW has been bringing in very little money in the world of mainstream wrestling, that is. In comparison, I read that WWE made $118 million profit from the WrestleMania 38 income. Glad Rob is gone. <laughs> Me too. Um, you know, so yes, I do think that uh, it's a sign that for three years, they've been bringing in very little money when it comes to profit. So, yeah, I I do believe that. I mean, there's no comparison when you talk about the money that WWE makes at WrestleMania, the money they make for the local economy where they hold WrestleMania, and then a fucking wrestling mark show like Forbidden Door that has very little interest outside of the niche wrestling bubble of a million people or less. Yeah, it's not very impressive. It's really not. It's a show for the marks, and that's fine but it's only going to be so successful. It has a very low ceiling. With the rise in injuries in AEW, how has this affected the locker room? I think the Adam Cole injury has been confirmed as a concussion, and Brian Danielson has been out for weeks for something unconfirmed. Do you have any news on this, Brad? So, yeah, the Adam Cole deal is a concussion, and it's a bad one. And, uh, so he's, you know, it's a very interesting situation, you know, and we're seeing these guys go to AEW, they're getting hurt nonstop, they're dangerous in the ring, and it just makes no sense. So Brian Danielson, I'm told he's having issues, concussion issues. Um, so I, I believe that's what the injury is. And that's a really bad sign. So. You know, Brian Danielson shouldn't be wrestling again if that's the case. I mean, based on what we know about his medical history. And Tony Khan did say right now he's not going to wrestle. So, you know, they're being cautious, uh, which is something WWE was doing. Obviously, he was not medically cleared for a long time. So we'll see how AEW plays this. But Brian Danielson has got to care more about his family and loved ones than being a mark for himself in wrestling these five-star strong style fake fights it's really that simple do you like glam rock some of it sure uh i think rod stewart and elton john have uh good music for sure uh queen if you could consider freddie mercury part of that obviously good music so some of it sure i would say I have a really broad taste as I've previously talked about in music, like pretty much everything on my um, iTunes account. So I like a lot of different stuff. And again, no different here. I like a little bit of it and some of it. I don't since you're not on a network anymore. Will you join the VOP USA radio network? They're going to have a relaunch on August 15th. Uh, So I'm a fan of the person that runs that network. I like him. He's a supporter and listener of this show. So I just want to say that and put them over and think you should support him. That being said, I'm not. I'm going to be Brad Shepard Unleashed solo. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be on my own, in control of my destiny, and not having to, at any point, censor myself. What I say or what I feel at the risk of being kicked off a network and canceled. I'm not going to do it. You're getting Brad Shepard and it's full Brad Shepard and it's unleashed and it's Brad Shepard solo from here on out. Is Wokeness going to die off soon or is it going to stay? Well, I, I don't think uh, Wokeness is going anywhere anytime soon. You know, society goes through cycles, right? And, and this is one of those cycles. I do think it will eventually change. It just may be a long time, and frankly, maybe it gets even worse before it gets better. I don't know is the answer, but I do believe it will eventually die off one way or another. It's just how long will that take? What do you do for fun when you're not working? Great question. What do I do for fun? So I'm really into sports. That's why I write for BoundingIntoSports.com. I'm a big sports fan. I've covered it for years. I'm really into a lot of different sports, but I'm going to have a really fun fantasy football league for my patrons at, at Patreon.com forward slash Brad Shepard Unleashed. Uh, so that's coming up soon. That'll be a lot of fun for us. You know, I like PlayStation 5. I like traveling. Um I like uh, TV movies. I'm a big uh, TV movie buff. I like, frankly, just spending time with uh, friends and family. I like uh, card games and board games. I'm uh, big into spades, if you play cards and have heard of that. Um, so, and I, I do like Yahtzee a lot as well. So those are some, some games I play regularly. I don't know. I have a, a pretty wide variety of tastes. I do a lot of different things. I'm pretty open to to doing different things, but... Uh, those are, are some of the things that I enjoy outside of work. Thoughts on four-wheelers and slingshot cars. Uh, they're fun toys. Um, you know, four-wheelers, of course, can be dangerous. Um, They're a lot of fun when used responsibly. And slingshot cars, uh, those are really cool, really badass looking, really fun. I'd love to take those down, you know, a city street have a little fun, but at the end of the day, I'd be afraid to get on a highway doing 70 or 80 with one of those things. Uh, it's, it's pretty much a death trap. If you get hit by a car, you're, you're gonzo. So, uh, looks cool. Would be fun to drive one, but not something I'd drive regularly. With Sasha being announced as having a signing August 6th and August 7th, does that mean she's released? Or do they allow talents in her contract to be able to do outside autograph signings as long as they don't use their in-ring name? They have different deals and obviously the Sasha Banks situation is unique. They have been in the midst of trying to work out a release. Will that happen? I don't know. She was not released as Raj originally reported. Now they were trying to work the release out and and have some finality to the situation, but she was not released when Rod reported. That's not true. So, yeah, but they do autograph signings like this. It doesn't mean she can't do that at all, and it does not mean she's been released either. How does the haterade taste? It tastes good, I'm going to tell you. Um, but you probably drink it more than I do based on your comment. You are literally going out of your way to comment on my tweets asking me how the haterade tastes. The only hater I see here is you. You might wanna ponder that one. Any chance of theory cashing in at SummerSlam? But sure, there's always a chance it's fake. They can write they can write that in to happen. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I would not expect that to happen, but could it? Sure. Uh, I think it's too soon. I want him to cash in this year, and, and I want the timing to be right, but I don't want to do it right now. I want him to continue to develop, continue to build this angle they're building. They don't need to rush it. Let him cash in later this year. So we'll see how it goes. Can you do different Twitter accounts for politics? One for uh, wrestling, one for politics. That's what they're trying to essentially say. I use wrestling to get away from political crap, and I enjoy your wrestling views. So in other words, sir, you like my wrestling views, but you don't like my political views. That's Let's just be honest. That's really what you mean here. And so you want me to separate my Twitter accounts and not say what I believe to my audience. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how long you've been listening to my show, following my work, but that is not me. I absolutely will not be doing that. Brad Shepard Unleashed, by the way, is not just a wrestling show. It's wrestling and beyond. We talk about politics, and I do that on social media as well, and I'm going to continue to, sir. That's just the reality. I don't hear you criticizing Sean Ross Sapp. When he uses his platform to bash the right wing or conservative views, I where were you? I don't hear that then. Did you ask Sean Ross Sapp to get another Twitter account to post his political stuff? The truth is, there's a consensus opinion amongst wrestling media, and I'm not part of that. And I'm clearly not part of your beliefs. And so you don't want to hear that, but you have no problem hearing what they have to say. Well, that's too bad. All right, that's the show, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed.